0: Hi everyone, from my side, a warm welcome as well. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today as we're starting a new series called Fearless. I'm so excited about this series. We're taking a journey through the book of Esther. And I think it is so relevant. Especially to where we are at as in the world today, it is a crazy time, unprecedented time, with this pandemic sweeping through the world, creating chaos in our economy. People are not sure what's going to what's going to happen, and the Israelites faced. Not a pandemic, but something very similar. The Israelites were living in exile. They were living under the rule of a very famous Persian king. And although historians are not 100% sure, most believe that the king that we're reading about in the book of Esther was King Xerxes I, the same guy that is portrayed in the movie 300. And they were living under the rule. And throughout this book of Esther, we read about different characters. That faced scary and difficult situations that could have filled them with fear. But despite that, they acted with a boldness and with a courage and with a fearlessness that we should pursue in our own lives as well. If you're like, Louis, why? Think about your favorite superhero movie for a while, okay? That could be DC, it could be Marvel, so anything from Batman, Superman, Hulk, Iron Man. If you think about a superhero, Why do we love them so much? Because when all the odds are stacked against them, when they are facing difficult, impossible situations, they respond with fearlessness. They respond with a boldness that most people do not have. And I think in a time that our world is facing at this very moment, we need to act with the same braveness, with the same boldness, with the same fearlessness. And if you're listening to this today and you're like, Louis, but but I'm not really a fearful person, so is this for me? I want to say yes, it is. Because fear doesn't mean that at this very moment you're shaking in your boots. Okay, The Cambridge Dictionary defines fear this way. It says, fear is an unpleasant emotion or thought that you have when you are frightened or worried by something dangerous, painful or bad that is happening or might happen. Happen. So, when we are facing a time when bad things are happening across the world with our economy, with people's health, and when there's so much uncertainty, all of us face fear to a certain extent. And we can call that stress, we can call it fear, we can call it anxiety, but you probably know what I'm talking about. And that's why we're starting this series. Today, our first topic that we'll be talking about is fearlessness to stand for what is important. When we are facing situations that can cause fear, what are the things that we are supposed to be standing for and how do we do it? Now, before I continue, I want you to quickly get on the comment line and let me know what's the one thing that you found during the lockdown that you cannot live without. The one thing you feel like, if I have to stand for one thing, it will be this thing. I'm not sure what what my one one thing is. Definitely my family. Like I would not like to be alone. But in order for me to do my work, I think my laptop and my camera are probably two things that I could not go without during the lockdown. What are the things that you cannot go? The things that you feel like these are the things I need to stand for. That's really important. Let us know in the comment line. I would love to see. What things you cannot go without during the lockdown. But today we're going to be talking about something we need to stand for that is deeper and I believe more significant than, than the little things we enjoy during a time like this. And we're going to jump right into the book of Esther and we'll be reading today from Esther 3, verse 1 to 6. So if you've got your Bibles, please open to Esther 3. If you do not have a Bible, Go to your app store on your phone and download the Bible app or just on your browser on your computer type in bible.com. And there you will find almost any translation you can think of. But let me give you a bit of background first. King Xerxes had a wife called Fashti. She was a beautiful queen and this king was so wealthy, was so rich. So he had this huge feast. And during this feast, he decides to show off the beauty of his wife. So he calls her to appear before all the men of the kingdom. And she's like, I'm not doing it. So at the end of the day, they feel that her decision will create a ripple effect throughout the kingdom that will make wives disobey their husbands. So he basically outs her. And then the search for a new queen starts. And a young Jewish girl, as we know her in this book, called Esther, at the end of the day, through a long process of being prepared for this, becomes King Xerxes' new wife. And her name is Esther. Esther was actually an orphan girl. She didn't have a mom mom or a dad. And her cousin, Mordecai, a guy that we're going to be reading about today, Mordecai raised her as his own child. Although he was just her cousin. And today we're going to be reading about this Mordecai. So Esther 3, verse 1 to verse 6. After these events, after everything that's happened, um, Esther became queen. King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. So Haman was a guy that that the king gave a lot of control in his kingdom to. So he was almost like a second in command for the king. If you're like, where's the story going? You have to go and read some of the earlier chapters, but you will see very soon. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him Honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day of the day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated. For he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. When you read this story, it's so easy to say, but what is the big deal with this? Like, why wouldn't Mordecai bow? Or why did Haman have such an issue? Was Mordecai just a disrespectful person? And the simple answer is no. Jews also used to bow before kings. Um, There is natural honor that we give to other human beings, right? It might be shaking someone's hands, bowing before them, whatever it might be. Part Part of human culture is that we pay honor to other human beings. And Jews also did that. In fact, Haman did get some honor from Mordecai. Mordecai did show him honor and he probably did bow to an extent to Haman because Haman doesn't even notice that that Mordecai doesn't pay him the honor that he thought he deserves until people tells him that Mordecai wasn't doing it. So what is the problem here? The problem is that most royalty people in high positions automatically got a certain extent of honor but the king specifically declared that Haman had to be honored in a different way. Now if you've watched a movie like 300 you would know that often he was referred to the god king as well. A lot of kings in the old days saw themselves as deity as being um, a god themselves and not just a king and we believe that the same kind of thing happened here. That the king elevated Haman to above a noble royal position. to a position where he almost became like a god. So people didn't just show him the same honor that they would show any other form of royalty. They showed him a bigger honor. And for Mordecai, this was a problem. Because he was a Jewish man and the second commandment of the Ten Commandments say that we shall not bow before another God. And although this is not specifically mentioned, historians agree that this is probably what happened. That Mordecai didn't want to bow because the second commandment prevented him from doing this 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 is not strange we read the same thing in the book of Daniel when the three men Shadrach Meshach and Abednego didn't want to bow before the king back then and at the end of the day they were thrown into the they were thrown into a a oven filled with fire because of their defiance because that king also believed that he deserved to be treated like a god so Mordecai his faith And his commitment to his faith was put to the test. This wasn't about respect. This wasn't just about honoring someone in a royal position. This whole thing that happened here, this whole thing put Mordecai's faith, the very essence of his belief of only giving God the honor that God deserves, only giving him that honor, this put that to the test and said, Mordecai, will you give this honor to another man? And I want to tell you today that during hard times, your faith and your commitment to your faith will be tested. It might not be something like what happened with Mordecai. But even in a time like this with COVID-19, a hard time, our faith and our commitment to our faith will be put to the test during hard times and it could be a terminal illness. A friend of mine just let me know that his mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer, brain cancer, lung cancer, and I think kidney cancer or something as well, it, they can't do anything about it. During a hard time like that, during a time like this pandemic that's sweeping across the world, a time when your business might be on the verge of closing down, a time when, when a wife is going to go into labor and the husband aren't even allowed to be with his wife in hospitals, that, that is all hard times. And during times like that, it is so easy for us to ask, where is God? Why doesn't it change my circumstances? Why should I keep doing the right thing? Why should I keep pursuing God? Um, I've, it might not even be that extreme. You might just be like, I've got so much to juggle, trying to homeschool my kids because I can't go to school, trying to to do a home office through all of this, keeping my family going, trying to juggle all these balls. I do not have time. For my faith at this moment, I can give a little bit of time once a week watching a video like this. But I do not really have any more time than this. It's so easy for us to then let go of things that are important. It's so easy for us to believe that God is missing. Do you know that in the book of Esther, it's the only book in our Bible, that God is not even mentioned once. God doesn't appear in the book of Esther. He's not mentioned. And it's so easy to, to be like, but, it, but God is absent in the life of Mordecai. God is absent in the life of the Israelites because he's not mentioned. But God is working behind the scenes and we're going to be talking about that more. But when God is not mentioned specifically, that could be like what you are feeling like right at this moment, you could feel like God is not mentioned in the story of your life at the moment. He's not there at the moment. And that is a time when our faith is put to the test the most. Think about a teenager for a moment. When a teenager, like in all the movies, when the parents go away and they are in charge of the house, that is the time when their commitment and their obedience to their parents are put to the test the most. The same for our faith. Times when it seems like God is absent, like the world is falling apart. Those are the times when our faith is put to the test the most. Guys, and this is a sad reality that in hard times, fear can start to determine our priorities instead of God determining our priorities. Suddenly, the really important things for our faith can just start to slip through the cracks. It would have been easy for Mordecai to maybe just bow and say like, what's the big deal? I don't believe he's a, he's a God, so I might as well just bow. And we do the same things when times are tough, when it feels like God is destined, or when we have so many balls to juggle and keep in the air. It's easy for important things to start slipping through the cracks. Time that you spend with God, Bible study, and prayer. It is easy for you to just stop being part of a church community. I've read that worldwide, people who tune into online churches, it's already within a month, drop 33%. It's easy for you to say like, I'm just forgetting about my church community. I'm not going to my Zoom community group. Um, I'm not going to tune into the service and partake and be part of this. It's easy for you when you've got a salary cut to just cut your tithe altogether and not be faithful that, with that. It is easy to stop caring for people that are less fortunate because you're in a difficult situation. So suddenly when hard times come, it tests our commitment to the things that are really, that's supposed to be really important in our lives. Guys, and this is the reality. When I don't stand for things that are important in my faith life, what I'm doing is my fear determines my focus. So my focus is moved away from God and onto something else. And that thing could be yourself or it could be the crisis you're facing. For Haman, he just wanted all the attention on himself. He wanted everyone's focus to be on him. But it could even be the crisis. You can move your focus away from God and onto your crisis. Mordecai could have done that. But this is the problem. If we are not careful, we could be the ones writing God out of the story of our lives instead of writing him into our story. Adding God to our story. Standing for what is really important. That doesn't just happen automatically. God's name doesn't just appear in the story of your life by accident. You have to make an active daily decision to stand for what is right. To stand for the things of God. You have to daily make a decision for God. You see in verse 4 we read, that this wasn't just something that once happened. We read in verse four that the royal officials day after day after day spoke to Mordecai. And it is easy when the pressure is on to forget about the important things, especially when the pressure continues, right? When lockdown has been about two months. It is easy when the financial pressure keeps pushing on me to forget about the important things like tithing. It is, it, is, it is easy when the pressure for my time is on since now I have to take care of my kids. schooling as well to forget to spend time with God. It's like those royal officials, officials that kept putting, putting a constant pressure on Mordecai. But those are the time when, times when we have to actively, not once... But continuously, we have to continue to make the decision to stand for what is right, to stand for our time with God, to stand for the things that are important to God. And what I learned from this story is that if we want to continue making this active decision of standing for the right things, that decision needs to be based on a solid foundation. You see, for Mordecai to keep saying, no, I'm not going to bow. Even when his friends put pressure on him, when the law put pressure on him, when a bunch of things were putting pressure on him. In order for him to stand, his decision had to be built on a solid foundation. You see, his decision was built on his faith. It was built on the second commandment. It was built on something solid. Not just, not just on himself, not just on an idea he had. But I want to tell you today, if our decisions to stand for what is right is not built on a solid foundation like Jesus Christ, then we will fall over. Then we will let go of it every time a bit of pressure is put on us. Every time a difficult situation comes our way. I want to ask you for a moment to think about your current life story. I told you that in the book of Esther, the story of Of all these different characters. God is not mentioned once. I want to ask you to think about your own life story. Specifically during this time of this pandemic. Specifically during the time of lockdown. Have you been writing God into your story? Or could you have possibly been writing God out? What are the things you chose to stand for every day during lockdown? What are the active decisions you made? The important things in your life? And we mentioned at the beginning in the comments, a couple of things that might be important to you. But what what are the important things that you decided to stand for? Did you decide to eat healthy or did you just let it go and just eat whatever you fancy? Did you decide to train every day and stay physically active or did you just decide that you're going to lie on the couch and and binge watch Netflix? Um, Did you decide to wake up late and not just get dressed, just stay in your PJs every day? Or did you decide to get up and face the day head on? Did you decide to spend time with God every day and to grow your relationship with God during this time of lockdown? Or did you say, like, I'll I'll catch up afterwards. I'm just going to focus on a couple of things that are important to me at this moment. What have you been standing for? What have you been writing into your life story? And what have you been writing Out of your life story. I want to write God into my story more and more. I want Jesus to feature more prominently throughout my life story. In the hard times. When the pressure is on. I want to see his name bigger and bolder. I want to see it in all capitals. I don't want Jesus to disappear when the pressure is on. I don't want to fall every time pressure is put on me. Choosing to stand for the important things of God doesn't always mean that you're going to get the results you're hoping for. It's so easy to believe the lie that if I stand for God, if I spend time with Him, if my relationship is growing, everything in my life will just start to fall into place. That's not always what happens. And throughout the story, you're going to see something beautiful unfold. But for today's part that we read, for this chapter, for this part of the story doing the right thing, not bowing before a false God, didn't guarantee the response we would hope for. And when you decide during this time as well to stand for God, to continue to spend time with Him, to continue to type, to continue um, to grow in your faith, to to share messages of hope instead of messages um, that just distract people and, and create negativity, to reach out to someone in need, That doesn't necessarily, when you decide to stand for the right things, guarantee the response you would like. Mordecai chose the right thing. He chose to stand for God. But what is the response he gets? Haman decides not only to kill him, but to kill the whole Jewish nation, including Queen Esther. By the way, they didn't know at this point that she is Jewish. And this was actually quite an old rivalry that was going on. Back in King Saul's day, in, and you can read about this in 1 Samuel 15 King Saul won a war against the Amalekites, and their king was King Agag. So this guy was actually a descendant of that. So when he heard that Mordecai is a Jew, he's like, You are my arch enemy. So he decided, let's, let's, let's take this opportunity and wipe out the whole Jewish nation. Who would have thought doing the right thing could lead to the possibility of a whole nation being wiped out? But suddenly, sometimes standing for the right thing doesn't get you the immediate result you were hoping for. You see, it's not like a magic button where you spend a bit of time with Jesus and suddenly everything in your life falls into place. Or suddenly you've got joy or suddenly you've got peace. It doesn't happen immediately. But following Jesus... Waking up early to spend the time with you might mean you're a little tired. Um, deciding to, to study the Bible a little more means that you might have to put in more time than you thought because suddenly there's something you don't understand and you have to put in extra time. F- following Jesus might not stop your, your job for you from losing your job. You might still lose your job. But at the end of the day, deciding to stand for the things that are right. Is not about the short-term results. They are about the long-term results happening deep inside your life. If you've ever heard the saying, stand for something or you fall for anything. This might make a bit of sense to you. I love that saying. But I feel like we have to decide what we're going to stand for every single day. And by the way, if you don't decide what you're going to stand for, your situation, your circumstances, your fear, whatever will determine it for you. All of us are standing for something. Haman stood for something for himself. The royal official stood for a a decree, for a law. Mordecai stood for God. We all stand for something. And at this point of your life, you are standing for something by the decisions you make, by the habits you you acquire. So my question today is, what will you stand for? Out of this lockdown, when we get to level three or level two, how are you gonna go out of it? But without choosing to stand for God, without choosing to, to make the important things of our faith part of your life, it's just gonna fade away. You will fall for everything. Whatever comes across your path, those are the things that will become part of your life. I want to choose to stand for what is most important. I want to choose. I choose to stand for my faith and for Jesus and to build my life upon that rock. Let's pray. Jesus thank you. no matter how crazy life is, no matter how dark things get, no matter how much pressure on on us, even though it sometimes seems like you are not part of our story, that you are actually in our story. And I pray God that you would give us the courage To actively choose to stand for the right things every day. That we will choose to stand for you. I pray that you will help people who have been struggling with this for such a long time. That this will be an eye opener for them today. I pray that we will make the decision to not fall for anything. But to stand for the right thing. To build our lives on the right foundation of Jesus Christ. May we walk out of this lockdown stronger than we came into this may you form a bigger part of the foundation of our lives than ever before we pray it in jesus name amen i want to invite you today that if you have not decided to follow jesus yet and you want to follow him please send us an email info at send us a message and we would love to connect with you because walking with jesus is a journey it's not just a place we arrive at. It's not just a single decision. It is a journey of multiple active decisions. And we would love to help you to get the right tools. We would love to spend some time with you um, to journey with Jesus. Very soon on our Facebook group, um, our eFamily, we will have some, some online courses that you can go through next steps, how to step, our step into faith course and our step into church course will be put into smaller bits onto that group. So if you haven't on Facebook but, um, added yourself to our e-family group, please go and do that. So that if, if you want to go through this process of growing your faith, that you will be able to do that. Also two more things. Right after this service. We're going to have a reception for Shala and Anya. They moved to Pretoria. And although they are still part of our online services for now. um, He's not officially full-time on staff anymore. And we want to honor him for the work that that they did as a couple in Prodero Church for the last couple of years. So the Zoom link will appear in the comments. Please join me. And let's honor them for the work that they were doing. Two last things. Friday. 22nd of May, we've got a social again. We're gonna do a quiz night. So please let us know in the comments, send us an email, whatever way you can connect with us. Let us know if you wanna be part of our quiz night. You can be play on your own. It will be on WhatsApp, so no huge data costs. You can be on, on your own, you can be a team, but we want you to jump on and join us for quiz night. It's gonna be so much fun. We already did it and it is awesome. And then lastly, next Sunday, the 24th of May, we will take communion together again as a church. So for next Sunday service, please make sure that you've got something to drink, a cup with some juice or wine or whatever you might have to remind you of the blood of Jesus and a piece of bread or a cracker to remind you of his body. And then after the service, I'm going to guide us and we're going to take communion together as a church. I want to thank you for being faithful. I want to thank you for choosing to stand firm in your faith. And I want to invite you to continue, even in difficult situations, to also remain faithful in your giving. We're going to hear now how we can give. And you can give to our church, but you can also give to our COVID-19 Relief Fund. That is already to this point has supported people financially. Um, to a value of more than thirty thousand rand and for a church that's six months old that is awesome or six months before lockdown right we're now already a couple of months on but thank you for being faithful and i'm gonna hand over and then you'll hear how you can support our church how you can give thanks for watching today thank you for being a part of our online service today if you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Prodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details, and the second way is through SnapScan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give, or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, please share it to everyone you know. We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.